Good morning. We are glad you're here this morning at Broadway Baptist. We want to welcome you. We want to invite you to stand and worship with us this morning as we begin our time together. Let's stand and sing together. Your voice, the year of Jubilee, and I 
out of dying till salvation comes. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. We are glad that you're here with us this morning. We want to welcome you to uh, our first service of our fall revival. We want to welcome evangelist Keith Cook. He's here with us this morning. Uh, you'll hear more from him later. Uh, if you would, if you're a, a guest with us, if you're new, uh, maybe this is your first time or first time in a while that you're here at Broadway, we want to invite you to fill out a Connect card for us. It's attached just to the perforated edge of your bulletin. We hope you got one of those as you came in. If you would, simply fill that out. You can tear it off and drop it in the offering plate here in just a moment. Or if you missed that, that's okay. We've got another way you can get those to us. Our Welcome Center, located in the back of our sanctuary, has a couple of little black information boxes, and you can simply drop that card in there. Uh, and that's just our way of getting to to know you a little bit better. We don't do anything with that information that you wouldn't want us to. Uh, we simply just uh, like to get to know you and learn how we can best minister to you and your family. So we are glad that you're here with us this morning as we continue in worship. I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we'll continue to sing together. Lord, I thank you for another beautiful uh, day, a beautiful morning, Lord, that uh, we can come and worship you. God, I thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have to be in your house uh, and to, uh, to gather in your name. Lord, we pray now that as we uh, exalt you this morning, Lord, we pray that you're honored, that you are glorified, and that you're lifted high. Lord, we pray that you would move amongst our midst and that you would uh, speak to each one of us in, a, in an individual way, Father. God, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to uh, sing together this morning as we stand and sing, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Let's stand and proclaim the greatness of our God together. Together. All hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Oh, that with yon 
wonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall will join the everlasting song and crown him lord of all will join the everlasting song and crown him lord of all will crown him lord of all crown him Lord of worship together this morning in Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of when fears are sealed, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as Jesus died the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ I live this morning we celebrate in the fact that our salvation is found not through our own merit but through the death burial and resurrection of Christ. Let's celebrate that this morning as we sing. There in the ground his body lay light of the world by darkness slain then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again as he stands in victory, since curse has lost his grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. 
on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's sing that chorus together again. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Amen. You can be seated. Pray with me, please. Gracious Lord, we just come before you now. Just, Lord, we, we need your love. We need your guidance. Lord, just, uh, just, just flow your love up, up on us, Lord. Just help us to see that you are the only way, Lord. Just uh, be with us uh, in today's service, Father. We know there's hard, hardship. We know there's pain. We know there's suffering, Lord, and you are the one that can ease that. Father, just be with each and every person that's represented here today. Father, just be with the tithe. Let us use it to for further your kingdom. Uh, we want to lift up those that are on our prayer list, Father, just uh, you know the needs, you, you know what needs to be done. We pray that it's done in your time, not in ours, Lord. Be with this church, just let us be of one heart, of one mind, and know, Lord, that you are in charge, that you, you have the best in, in your mind for us, Lord, and things will take place in your time. Be with us throughout this day, be with us. Uh, during this time of revival, Lord, just pray that hearts will will be changed and that you will be glorified in all. For I ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Gail. We want to invite you to stand as we continue to worship together this morning as we proclaim that salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone. Let's sing together. Hear the heart of heaven beating, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, and the hush of mercy breathing, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, hear the host of angels sing, glory to the newborn King. The sounding joy redeeming, Jesus saves. See the homeless hearts adore Him, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, and the wisest bow before Him, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Forever, Jesus saves. 
At this time, I want to invite our associate pastor, Brother Jim Hurd. He's going to come and pray for us before our message and before evangelist Brother Keith Cook comes to speak for us. Let's bow. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for what our hearts have felt and experienced in this place already today. And Father, we know that there's more to come. And I want to praise you and thank you for our church family as they are, will be supporting our revival in these days that are ahead. We pray, Father, that it will be a time of church revival and also a time of reaping when many people come to know you as Savior and Lord. Our hearts are stirred and renewed. Thank you for the evangelist that has come to share with us this week. I pray, Father, for a special cleansing and anointing upon him that you would use him, God, for your glory and magnify your name, sharing the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we wait before you with hungry hearts and open ears. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Oh, it's good to see you finally. I've been praying for you for months. And now I get to see you in the flesh. Well, maybe not in the flesh, but you're not supposed to be in the, you're supposed to be spiritual today. Amen? Amen? Let's all stand together. You've just settled back. I want you to do something. I want you to wake up. <laughs> Almost said the Tennessee Vols, but that can't happen. Uh, I, I'm from Tennessee, so I can pick on us. Uh, but I want you to wake up everybody in this community, and I'm going to get you to do th that this way. I'm going to say hallelujah, and when I say hallelujah, I want you to say it back just as loud as you can, okay? Just like Kentucky just scored, uh, or whoever your favorite team happens to be. Are you ready? <laughs> hallelujah! Hallelujah! Whoa, that's pretty good, Pastor. This is pretty good. Okay, let's do the guys, all the men. Hallelujah! 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 Oh, now all the ladies. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, now, if you're under 30. <laughs> under 30. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. If you're under 30. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, if you're over 30. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, we know who rules. You can be seated. I am so glad to be here. This is God's day and this is God's way. God wants us to be excited to come into the house of the Lord. And this is his place. And he wants us to worship him. And I am so glad that you're here. Especially because it's a combined service. That means both of your services are meeting together. We're so glad that you're doing this. Now, I want you to know tonight that if you come back tonight, I've got a free book that I want to give you. Everything this week is free from me. Uh, I want to give this to you. It's called Practicing His Presence. So come back tonight and I'll give that to you. It teaches you how to practice the presence of the Lord in your day-by-day -day life. Now this morning I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament. Say old. old. 
<laughs> I don't know if I received that. <laughs> you said that way too happily. I want you to look in 2 Kings. That's right after 1 Kings. That might help you out. You know, revival is a strange thing. When the wind of God blows, our sails of preparation must be up. And God is getting ready to do something in your church. This does not mean he hadn't done anything in the past. It does not mean that what happened in the past is not good. But God wants to touch you again this week in a fresh spiritual way. Are you willing to hear from God? Are you willing to receive from God? In the Bible it says in John chapter 14 verse 12 that God is going to allow you and me to do greater works than Jesus was allowed to do when he walked on this earth. Can you believe that? Say amen. amen. The Bible says in Acts 17 verse 6 that the early Christians were so anointed by God and so fired up with revival living every day that they turned their world upside down. Are you ready to turn your world upside down? Amen. Come on. Acts chapter 19 verse 26 says the church was so anointed and so full of the Spirit of God that they literally saturated the whole area with the gospel. Amen or oh me. God wants to do something this week that will get us so fired up that we will take the message of Christ across the street and around the world. We're in 2 Kings chapter 13. Let's look in verse 14. The Bible says, Elisha was sick. He had an illness of which he knew he was going to die. And then the Bible says, Joash the king, the king of Israel came down to him and wept over him and said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Listen, my friends, there's something that's happening in this passage that I want you to know. The last time that Elisha had heard those words, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, was when Elijah was taken. Amen? God was telling the man of God, even though you're old, even though your time has come to go, there's still one more thing I've got for you to do. Can you imagine? He had such a wonderful spiritual life. He had such an anointing. God used him in such a powerful way. But even when he was 90 years old, he's about to go into glory. God says, there's one more revival I want you to be a part of. Woo! How many of you want one more revival this week? Come on now. You're going to get excited or you're going to get bored with me. How many of you really want to see God shake this place? Yeah, the Bible says that when they had prayed, the place they were gathered in was filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God because that place, the Bible says, was shaken. And they had holy boldness. Wow. In our culture today, we need that holy boldness, don't we? We can't sit outside and say, give me that old time religion because nobody remembers it. The good news is, though, that God is not dead, and God has not left us alone. He's got something for you and me that is so special that he wants us to see. The man of God was there, and the king comes to him, and he weeps over him. And I thought, well, he found out 
that Elisha was dying, and he wanted to come honor the man of God. No, 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 no. That's not what this is all about. The king was weeping, not because the prophet was dying. The king was weeping because he needed a touch from God. The king was in a battle that he knew he was going to lose, and he needed God's help. Now, my dear friends, I believe the forces of hell are arrayed against you and me at this time in history more than ever before. I believe, based on what's going on in our world, that the devil is prepared to make one last rush at us. If your family's not feeling it, if your work is not feeling it, if your culture is not feeling it, then I think you may be like Elijah, almost ready to go. God does not want us to be numb to what is going on around us. We need to get revival or we will ruin. We can't fight the devil in our own strength. We cannot make it in this world on our own. We need God and we need his help now more than ever. The king is there. He says, oh, my dear Elisha, look at my chariots. Look at my army. We're in a battle. We cannot win. What can we do? And this is what the man of God told him. Look at verse 15. Elisha said to him, take up your bows and arrows. Take up your bow and arrows. Well, what does that mean for you and me today? The man of God was trying to get the king to do something to show that he was willing to fight. No matter what the outcome, no matter what was going on, king, are you willing to fight? No matter what's going on in your family, no matter what's going on in your home, in your job, in your life, are you willing to fight for it? Are you willing to do what it takes to get what you need from God? Are you willing? Are you willing to show the devil that you will fight? That you're sick and tired of being sick and tired? Of being sick and tired of what he's doing? And you'll fight him aggressively? Fight him in the spirit? You see, our battle today is not against each other. It's not against Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> it's not against men and women, youth and old. Our battle is against the devil. And he's scheming to destroy us. You see, the devil has a two-fold strategy. He wants to either pull God down in our eyes so we don't worship him and don't trust him. And if he can't do that, then he wants us to get to fighting against each other. Have you seen that happen? He tries to get young people not to believe that there is a God, not to trust God, not to believe God. And if you can't do that, he'll get them to fight against their parents, fight against their school, fight against their boss, fight against their church. Now, the truth is today, the greater is he that's in you and me than he that's in the world. Amen? Amen. God's got something for us. God says, take up your bows and arrows. Show the devil you'll fight. If you're willing to do that today, I want you to lift both hands. You ready? Yeah. Oh, wow. Say, yes, I'm taking up my bows and arrows. Yeah. Say, take that, Satan. 
Come on now, take that, Satan. Come on. Okay, some of you did it. <laughs> take this, Satan. <laughs> I think he's really scared of that, don't you? Take up your bows and arrows, show the devil that you will fight. Then the Bible goes on to say, look in verse 16. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> I've got to tell you something. The king, he proved he wasn't a modern-day Christian. Because when the man of God told him in verse 15, take up your bows and arrows, what does the Bible say? So he took them up. <laughs> oh, that every time we heard from God, we would just do it. Every time you heard something from the word that your pastor shares, oh, that you would just run out and say, Pastor, I'm going to do it. Now, verse 16, the second step. Then he said to the king, after he had said, take up your bows and arrows, he says, now put your hand on the bow. Put your hand on the bow. And then he proved again he wasn't a modern-day Christian. He immediately put his hand on it. What is this talking about? When you take up your bows and arrows, that's sort of a, yeah, a positive thinking kind of thing, right? Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win. Yeah. Woo! And, but then he says, put your hand on the bow. What this basically means spiritually is that God wants you to let you know that he can handle it for you. God can take care of you if you will trust him and do it his way. You see, when you take up your bows and arrows, you immediately want to do something with them, don't you? Think about it. You get a gun, what do you want to do? You want to shoot it. <laughs> get a bow and arrow, you want to shoot it. God is trying to teach us spiritual lessons here today to have revival. We need to be willing to fight. But then we need to be willing to put our hand on the bow and steal the bow and come get with God and trust him enough to say, now God, tell me what to do now. <laughs> because a lot of time, men especially, if you're a man here, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's try that again. If you're a man here today, say, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's better. That's more manly. Wake that guy beside you up so he can yell next time. <laughs> what men tend to do is we say, okay, thank you, God. I'll go handle this. Right? Are you living with a man like that? You got some good wives, guys, because no, they didn't tell on you. God wants to do something. He says, I want you to take up your bows and arrows, show the devil you're going to fight, but now I want you to show the world that you're going to trust me by putting your hand on the bows and stealing the bow and trusting only me. Christ alone. Like the song you're saying, it's Christ alone. That's all we need is Christ alone. We can win the day with Christ alone. Wow, I love this. Then it says, put your hand on the bow. But then the Bible goes on to say, and then Elisha put his hand on the bow, on his hands. This symbolizes that God... It's going to be there for you. All that you have, all that you're going through, God's going to be there for you. Now, how many of you will be pretty honest and transparent this morning and say, there are some things in your life right now that are a struggle, they're a battle, 
and you're going through it. If, you, if you're in any situation like that, just lift your hand up really quick and put it right back down. Thank you. God wants me to tell you this based on his word. He hasn't forgotten you. He's got a victory for you. He's got a way out for you. He's got a plan for you. But you have to trust him. And you must trust him to the end. It may look like defeat right now, but God will bring the victory later. If you will trust him now. And then the man said, Elisha said in verse 17, he said, open the window. Open the window towards the east. Now let me ask you this. What could this mean? God wants us to open the windows, and you've got beautiful church, and I, I love these windows. My wife would, would join this church if we lived in Lexington, just for the windows. <laughs> and I would join for the senior adult program. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I asked them, would they adopt me? You know, please. I said, I'll go on all your trips, I'll go to all your dinners, I'll go to all your studies if you'll just adopt me. This is great. But you know, opening the windows, when you open up the windows, you can see the world out there, can't you? Look around, look around. Now, don't look too much. I don't want you to get distracted. But The good thing here, when you're at this church, you look outside, you can, you can see all the cars that are here and say amen that people are here. Amen? amen. Yeah, it's a good thing. I've been to some churches where you look out, the windows is like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> where is the crowd? They're not here, you know? <laughs> you never know. But God says, I want you to open the windows towards the east because, listen, the enemy was coming from the east. You know, a lot of Christians seem to want to live their life like this. God's got it. I don't have to worry about it. And then they don't do anything. They don't, they don't try to hear from God. They don't try to act on what God may be saying. They just say, God's got it. He knows it. I don't have to worry. Well, God wants you to know that the enemy is still out there. He's still real. You still got to pay your bills. You still got to pay your taxes. You still got to live your life. Amen or oh me. You can't say, oh, oh my husband is a snake, so therefore I, he's gone. He's out of here. You can't say that. God wants you to look at reality, open the window, and look and see what's out there. Once you see reality, once you know what's there, then God wants you to know, don't worry, I'm handling it. But he wants you to know what's coming so that you can be prepared. After he said open the window, God really wants us to get honest and open. There have been times in my life when uh, my wife almost had to smack me in the face. That's not spouse abuse. It was just because I couldn't see clearly through a crisis. And I'll never forget one day, we were in the kitchen, she goes, come here. <laughs> and I said, okay, and she walked into our bedroom and I went with her, and I'm standing right there and she grabbed me. And she says, what are you saying? You're a man of God. What's coming out of your mouth sounds like rebellion. I said, but, 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 but honey, she goes, no, this isn't the man I married. This isn't the guy I said I do, too. You get victory over this or don't come out of this bedroom. 
And all I was doing was telling her what I wanted for dinner. <laughs> no, it was more serious than that, but I was worried. What do men worry the most about? Finances. <laughs> Some said money, yeah. That's what it was. And she knew I was not, I was coming with fear and doubt. And God had a way out, and I had to find it. And we did. God wants us to know that he's got a way out. Now, the Bible says, the king put his hand on the bow. Then Elisha put his hand on the bow. Then verse 17. He said, open the window towards the east. He opened it, and then Elisha said, he was not cursing, but he said, shoot. All the kids are looking at me, you're not supposed to say that. When I say it like that, it's okay. <laughs> Elisha said to the king, take a shot. Take a shot. If God was to come down here today and tell you, okay, you know what's going on in your life right now? I just want you to take a shot. What would you do? If God said, whatever is on your heart that I have given you, take a shot. Try it. Do it. Proclaim it. Trust me. What would it be? What would it be? My wife and I were driving down the road the other day. We were feel, feeling pressure in a certain area of our life. And all of a sudden, my wife said to me, let's take a shot. We'd been praying about something and praying about something and praying about something. And she says, let's just do it. I said, why are you saying that? But last week you were saying, you, there's no way I'll do that. She says, God just told me, I'll be with you if you'll trust me and do it. And so she said, yes. And let me tell you, we have had the most wonderful experience with God just because we're both on the same page and we know God's with us. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, listen, listen, listen. It doesn't have to be great and mighty things because we've got a great and mighty God. It can be the small little things that we need to see God in. The Bible says the king shot. And it says he shot his arrow but I want you to know something in the scripture it says once he took that shot you know once he took that shot his shot changed from his shot to what do they call it in the word the Lord's arrow of victory amen you say that with me the Lord's arrow of victory there are many things in our lives that we strive and we try and, you know, we just can't get the victory. We don't know what's going on. I think it's because we need the Lord's arrow of victory. I heard about the guy, he was at the altar. And every night of revival, he came to the altar. And he got on the altar and said, oh, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me. Then the next night, he'd be back, oh, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me, oh. Then the next night, oh, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me. Well, his son, every time, would go down with him because that was sort of a family thing in that church. And 
The son looked up with God. Oh God, please fill my daddy because he leaks. <laughs> Something just wasn't right. See, God wants us to take that shot. He wants us to take that shot and he wants us to be his arrow of victory. That shot that we take in his name then has the spirit of God behind it. And it hits the target. That prayer works. Now, everything's fine. The king thinks, "Woo! I got the victory. This is going to be easy. The man of God said, take a shot. I took a shot. Woo! Then the word goes on. Verse 18. Then he said to him again, take up the arrows. And he took them up again. And he said, strike the ground. And the Bible says the king shot one time. Two times. Three times. Does it say that in your Bible? Yeah? You see that? And then the king stopped and was feeling pretty good about himself. But the Bible says the man of God was angry with him. Why? He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. You should have shot those arrows basically until I told you to stop. And listen, listen. This is a warning for you and me not to ever be satisfied with the old-time religion or what God did yesterday or what God did 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 20 years ago. God wants to do something right now that'll shake, rattle, and roll you and me. God wants us to trust Him now. A lot of people take... Just three shots with God. They want heaven. Boom. They want happiness. Boom. Right? And they want health. Boom. That's all they shoot for. But God says, I want to give you more than happiness. I want to give you more than health. I want to give you more than heaven. I want to give you obedience and the blessing that comes from obeying God and trusting God. My dear friends, not too long ago, my wife and I were driving down the road and we'd just been to a coffee house, a Christian coffee house, heard a wonderful band. We were singing praises to God. We were, we were having a great time. And we're almost to where our office is. We're driving down the road on the main road. And this kid decides at that moment to look down and text somebody or play on his phone. And the car, his car crashed right into our car. My wife was driving. I was in the passenger seat. My head went up into the dash, caught the top of my head and sort of Peeled it back. I, woke, I blacked out. Didn't know what was going on. I'm buckled in. I'm trapped. There's smoke and steam going everywhere. And I look over at my wife. And I say, honey, are you okay? She goes, yes. And uh, there's just something warm all over me. I don't know what's going on. But I just I feel strange. And I says, how does it look? And she says, it looks pretty bad. And she says, you need to get out. And I said, I can't. Well, a crowd had formed around the vehicle, and 
finally they, they got the door open and they got me out of the vehicle. The, our car was totaled, but they'd hit right where I was. <laughs> and so they pulled me out of the car and I'm sitting on the ground, sitting on the ground. And I'm not trying to be morbid here, but there was just, you know what was just pouring down out from my head because it basically cut the top of my head. And I thought I was going to die. And the blood would not stop. And I was sitting on the ground, and I'm thinking two things. My life is about to be over. I'm thinking two things. I said, oh, Lord, please be with my wife and my son. Please take care of them. And then I'll, I'll never forget. I said, and God, man, there sure was a lot of stuff I wanted to do with you and for you. Oh, God, I can't believe this is it. And about that time, out of the crowd, a man came. I don't know who he was. We can't find out who he was. But he came, and he just stood there. And he's, he's an older guy, and he just stands right there. And I can remember looking up at him, and he goes, maybe this will help. And he had a Wendy's napkin. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And he laid it right on top of my head. Now... My office was a mile and a half from where the wreck was. We live in a part of Nashville that the police tell me that if you're lucky, if you make a call for an ambulance or police, that they will be there no sooner than 26 minutes and usually 46 minutes. That night, an ambulance just happened to be parked at my office a mile and a half down the road and they were there after the wreck within two minutes. That man held that napkin on my head, and by the time I got to the hospital, they said, this is miraculous, but we think he's going to be all right. Amen? But listen, what I want to tell you is, when your life is about to be over, you don't think about money, you don't think about taxes, you don't think about your job, you think about your family, and you think about your God. When I was sitting on that ground thinking that I was breathing my last breath, I wasn't saying, God, I really don't believe in you. I really hope you're there. <laughs> no. I was talking to my papa. I was talking to my daddy. I knew that he was there. I knew and I know that he has saved me. I know that I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm an evangelist. I'm going to heaven because when I was a teenage boy, I admitted my sins, I believed in Jesus, and I called on his name. Listen, God's telling you today, it's time for you to take that shot. It's time for you to take another shot. God says, I want you to shoot till I come back. I don't want you to stop. I've got something for you that will change you if you'll risk, me, risk it, if you'll trust me. Today it's time for us to dream great dreams, plan some great plans, pray some great prayers, and then do some great deeds.
God wants to wow us today. He wants us to wake up, open up, and walk out of here full of the Spirit of God. Can we do that? Yes, we can. But listen, heaven is a real place, and in heaven there is no sin. Say that with me. No sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every man, every woman has sinned. We cannot get into heaven with a sinful, dirty heart. Now, if God is in heaven where there's no sin and never will be, and we have a sinful, dirty heart, then something has to happen to our sinful, dirty heart. It must be clean again. And the only way for our heart to be clean again is for us to receive Jesus Christ, admit we've sinned, believe in Jesus Christ, and call on his name. You see, you call on his name, not on a cell phone, but in prayer. God's always there. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your Savior. But you must admit you've sinned, believe in Jesus, and call on his name. You say, you say well, I, I don't know if I believe that. Well, the Bible says... To believe, to submit, to surrender, to call. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Not might be saved, but they really will be saved. How do you call on that name? How do you call on Jesus' name? You just simply pray and say, dear God, I believe in you. I know I've sinned against you. I'm sorry. I repent. Come be my Savior. And the Bible says, when you pray, you're saved. And then all the fullness of God comes in your life. The Bible says that He will give you what you need. He is your Father. He is your God. Now, I know many of us have, have said prayers for our meals, for our lives, for our health. But have we prayed that sinner's prayer? Have we gotten right with God? I've known someone my entire life, just about, that for years said, well, I've known about God. I've gone to church. I've gone to church, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a good this, and I'm a good that, and all this stuff. But just recently, they realized they had never settled it with God. They'd never really prayed and surrendered to God. They'd known about God. They'd lived for God. They'd, they'd read about God. They've studied about God but they've never really said, forgive me, I believe you, be my savior. You can do that today. How many of you want to take a shot for God? You want that first shot for salvation, that for heaven? You want that second shot to be happy? The way to get that is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. That means a fulfilled life. You want to trust him for your health, surrender your life to him, and know that the devil can't harm you. No one can pluck you out of God's hand. No matter what comes, he'll be there for you. You want to trust him for the shot of obedience, missions, and evangelism, and discipleship? You can do that today. It's your decision, but it's one we pray that you will make because revival will never happen Sunday night 
Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night if the church doesn't get right Sunday morning. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Right now, God has put some things on your mind and in your heart. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and called on his name to be saved, today is your day. God does not promise us another day. The Bible says now is the time for salvation. My dear friends, I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and if this prayer represents the prayer of your heart, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you've never called on his name, then you pray this prayer with me. And the Bible says when you pray, he will hear your prayer and he will honor it and he will save you. This is not a trick. It's not for show. It's so that you will know and the devil will know. The devil will, the devil will know that he's lost and you will know that it's real. In our prayer, we're going to pray that we admit our sins, we're sorry for our sins, that we believe in Jesus, and then we'll ask Jesus to be our Savior. If that's the desire of your heart, you know that heaven is real, you know hell is real, you know you can't get into heaven with a sinful, dirty heart, and you want to give God your heart, you want to be cleansed, you want to be forgiven, you want that hope, you want that assurance, you can pray this morning this prayer. As I pray out loud, you pray this prayer silently in your heart to God. Here's the prayer. Dear God, I'm sorry for my sin. I've blown it so many times. But God, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe that you arose from the grave for me. And I believe that you ascended into heaven for me to prepare a home for me when I die. Thank you, Jesus. Come be my Savior. Come be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm not ashamed of you. Jesus, I'll live for you. I commit my whole life Now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, only the pastor and I are looking around, and God, of course. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you lift your hand? If you prayed that prayer with me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Are there others? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone else? Don't be ashamed. I'm not going to embarrass you. If you prayed that prayer, just lift your hand quickly and put it right back down. Thanks. You know, the Bible says that when one person prays, the angels in heaven rejoice. And in a moment, the pastor and I want to pray a special prayer for you if you prayed that prayer with me. But right now, there's some other folks in this church that know they're going to heaven. They know they're believers, but they haven't been living in revival. The things of the world have crept in, have snuck into their life, and and you need to repent yourself today, and you need to be rededicated to God, and you need to live in revival spirit. And you want to get right with God. In order to get right with God, you need to get empty of all known sin. You need to confess that to God so that you can live for Him. 
and be clean and receive his blessings and live the life he has for you. This morning, if you're a believer and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And as I pray these words, if they're your words, you pray them to God. Dear God, I know I'm going to heaven. I've believed in you for a long time. But God, I've let the world slip in. I'm so sorry. I promised to love you, and I have not loved you. I promised to live for you, and I have not lived for you. But God, I surrender my life back to you today. Use me. Fill me. Forgive me. I'm yours. And if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, would you lift your hand? Thank you. All over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Now this morning, there's some folks here that you know that God's called you to this church. You've been coming here. You've been faithful here. This is your church. God's already put that in your heart. And you know that he wants you to be a part of this fellowship. So there's many of you here today that need to say to God, God, today is going to be my day. I'll do what you want me to do. I will join this church. I will come for baptism. I will come for prayer. I will do what you want me to do. If you find yourself in that situation, just in your heart right now, say, God, I'll do it. That's right. God, I'll do it. Now, right now, what I want to ask you to do, let's all stand to our feet. Pastor's going to be standing right here. And what I want you to do, we want to pray a special prayer of thanks to God for your decision today. If you prayed any one of those prayers, the first prayer, the second, or the third, what I want to ask you to do right now while we sing, I want to ask you to trust God, take up your bows and arrows, come down, take the pastor's hand, and show the devil, show yourself that you're willing to fight. Then let God put his hand on what you're doing and let him bless you because you're taking a shot in Jesus' name. You come right now as we sing.
Oh, no, no. 